1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week five, coming at us. We've got just a whole bunch of conference action. How are you doing? You ready to go?
0: A couple things off the top. Number one, got a Facebook message comment saying I'm very monotone and very quiet. <laughs> let, me, let me get this. Let me just spell this out for you. I have a three-month-old that's on the other side of this wall. The kid is just now starting to sleep like five or six hours at a time. I'm not trying to wake him up. Also, this problem is going to be fixed in like a week. So just bear with me. I'm, I'm closing on a house in like five days, and th- this will be better very soon. So just please bear with me on this podcast tonight before I kill somebody.
1: Have we established, are the kids' picks better than yours, or do we percent. know yet?
0: I mean, it, it's it's not go- it hasn't been going well, apparently. We just kind of tallied them up here. It's it's not going too swell. Yeah, not the best.
1: Not the best. No. Uh, we can start there. We can recap last week's lock yeah. as <laughs> Let's you do and that. I, you, you and I both had the very same games locked for the most part. Uh, we both had Clemson minus seven. That missed by about a half point, or uh, I guess a full point in overtime. Slash a missed two point conversion in overtime is how that missed. Uh, we both had UCF minus 20 and a half. They only won by 17. We both had Florida State minus 17 and a half. They won by 30, so that hit. And I also had under 48 and a half in Florida State, Boston College, and Florida State scored 44 with Boston College tagging on a couple touchdowns. So Florida State almost got us there by themselves. So I went one and three. You went one and two. Not the best week, uh, but I think we can explain that one away, and we were pretty close.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, we're not going to have a lot of winning weeks as long as you and I are making picks. So if you're coming here for betting betting picks, I mean, you're probably coming to the wrong place.
1: Yeah, if you've been coming here for any amount of time, you know to uh, take our picks with a large grain of salt. Yes, and uh, maybe just outright fade us if you really want to try to make some money. So
0: I mean, the, the fade, Joey, fade, <laughs> Joey has been a thing on this podcast before. So
1: yeah, oh yeah, there there will come a point in the year where I will get into an absolute rut, and we might honestly be at the uh, the front of that after I went one and three last week. So. Shall we see if that continues, Mike?
0: Uh, let's let's get into week five, shall we?
1: We shall. Uh, seven games in the slate. Six of them are ACC on ACC action. The final one, an FCS game. So we will only have uh, picks and spreads and totals and all that for the first six games. Let's jump right in. The headliner of the weekend as the number five Clemson Tigers – a six-and-a-half-point home favorite taken on the number 10 NC State Wolfpack. This is getting the college game day treatment. It is on ABC at 7.30 p.m. on national television. It is, by all means, in my mind, the game of the week, and I'm excited for it. Um, there is th- This is oddly reminiscent of a game that, if I recall, from 2016, I believe it was. I think it was the first year that we did this podcast that – Clemson had college game day come through as Notre Dame was coming into town, as also there was a hurricane coming through, and so you had like Jim Cantori joining the college game day crew and, and the whole thing. That game played just in an outright downpour. Um, Brian Kelly had this weird habit for years of playing hurricane games where he tried to throw the ball 35 times, and it did not really go well. Clemson won that game. Uh, Mike, same thing here in Death Valley, two teams. I think they're gonna they're gonna play tight, play physical. Um, I think whether weather ends up being weather, weather, good job, Joey. If weather ends up being a factor or if not, I think this is a, a close, low scoring physical game. I I don't see this being a, a particularly high scoring one.
0: No, I. Here's here's kind of where I'm at too, and I think you're right. Right, I mean, Clemson Notre Dame played that one Hurricane game. It was the that was a Bring Your Own Guts game, wasn't it? I think it was. I think that was the. Hey, big it game. was BYOG. Bring your own guts. Knew he had the sound <laughs> for that. Knew he had the sound for that. Beautiful comes um, up like
1: once every two seasons. It's worth. it. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. So it was that game, and then there was a separate, separate season. It was the Notre Dame NC State to Sean Kaiser. Let's throw for you know, let's throw the ball forty times mm. in like fifty mile an hour wind gusts. That did not go very well for Notre Dame. Um, so as you might imagine, yeah, right. So we just talked about both teams in this game in two separate hurricane occasions. So how about that? That's reversible here. <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be low scoring for sure. I mean, th- it looks like. I mean, the weather forecast looks terrible. Um, thoughts and prayers to everybody in Florida. The hurricane is pretty devastating down there. It's going to make its way up the coast by Saturday. And mm-hmm. the weather the weather's going to be very, very rough at Clemson. A lot of rain. Um, definitely will still be some wind. Here's kind of where I'm at here. I'm going to go with the team with a better defense here. I'm going to go with Clemson. And, you know, I, Joe, you mentioned we got an email from Derek Taylor talking about kind of the, the weaknesses mm-hmm. of You know, Clemson's secondary, kind of the weaknesses they showed against Wake Forest that we talked about in the recap and how poor they were in pass coverage. In a rainstorm, I don't think that's going to matter all that much, right? Because I don't think NC State's going to be able to push the ball down the field like they want to. Um, You know, in fact, neither team is going to be able to push the ball down the field like they want to. Mm -hmm. Clemson, I mean, Clemson has shown a propensity throughout the year. You know, there are multiple data points that show, like, they don't want to really push the ball down the field with DJU. This past weekend against Wake Forest was the exception, right? Like, they have Mm -hmm. not been throwing the ball down the field really much at all this year, with the exception of the Wake Forest game. Um, And even then,
1: I mean, in that game, like it's not like they were really throwing a bunch of of down-the-field, you know, 40-yard passes. It was more of like the intermediate range, I felt like, stuff where... Right, DJ, you could throw uh, like line drive passes, show off his arm strength, but not a lot of like really truly over the top stuff.
0: Agree, agree. And you are just not going to see a lot of that in this game um, mm-hmm. for, from either team. I mean, this is you know Devin Leary probably the better of the two quarterbacks. I think we would agree. Um, now, if we get last week's version of DJU over and over again, maybe we can have a different discussion. But I think you know broader data set. I think we're all in agreement that you know Devin Leary is the better quarterback of the two. I think that. You know, in this game, I'm going to roll the better defense, especially against the run. And I, I think that defense is Clemson. And mm-hmm. NC NC State's got a good front; they have a good front seven. But I really like Clemson's defense here. And, and I think in a low-scoring affair at home, you, you know, Clemson hasn't lost at home in a while, like a long time. I think they've mm-hmm. they won twenty-something consecutive games at home. Um, now I, I will bring this up though. I, I saw this stat: they're seventeen, eighteen, and one in in their last thirty-six home games against the spread. So hmm. I do like NC State as the as the spread pick here. I, I think NC State covers six and a half, but I do like Clemson to win this game close. I'm going to go with the defense making enough plays. I'm going to I'm going to go with Will Shipley and the and the running game that showed some life last week. I think. I think Clemson's going to be able to move the ball a bit better in this game than NC State is. NC State's an offense that's more built around the passing game, and I think that not that they can't run it, but they they are an offense that's better suited to throw the ball down the field. And you are not going to be able to do that in this game. And mm-hmm. I think in a game where Clemson can kind of make you more one dimensional just by nature of the weather, you know, I think I like the Tigers here at home um, to win a very close, low scoring game. Total is forty and a half. It's a hurricane game. I am I am going to go under, but. I'm going to stay away from locking anything up here, but I do like Clemson in the under here. I'm sorry, NC State Uh, to cover. NC State in the under, but Clemson to win.
1: I'm with you. I'm I'm avoiding locking up anything here. I I think this could go in a few different directions, really. Um, And and in a, a, a game like this, you know, bad conditions. Like, it's very easy to imagine a turnover to creating a short field, easy points, like... It doesn't have to be a heavy offensive game to get a bunch of points on the scoreboard, especially with a total like 40 and a half. I mean, that thing opened at like 43 and it's dropping. (laughs) If if that tells you anything about how people think this is going to go, I I do think it'll be a struggle, a a field position kind of game. Take advantage of your opportunities when you get into the red zone. you know, you got to convert touchdowns where you can uh, and try to avoid having to kick field goals and just play college kicker roulette, Um, you know you got to try to punch it in where you can. Um, You mentioned the Derek Taylor email, and I thought this was a really interesting question and kind of way of putting it. And we're kind of alluding to some of what he's talking about, but said, basically, with the impending hurricane expected to go directly over Clemson, I thought this should be an important part of your preview for this game. As we know from previous games played in Hurricanes, see NC State Notre Dame, It's typically not a good idea to throw the ball in a hurricane. Yet after what we saw Wake due to Clemson's corners, does NC State want to slash will they be able to attack those Clemson corners? If so, how do you do that in a hurricane? Is it bubble screens and jet sweeps? Are they better off running the ball against that excellent Clemson front? Looking at the other side of the ball, State has one of the best run defenses in the nation, currently 10th. Clemson's also pretty good too. So does Clemson try to air it out? Maybe Dabo can ask Brian Kelly if that's a good idea. So you get the point, right, is if, if – I question – I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm wondering, and I think we'll find out on Saturday, like can Clemson run the ball on NC State's defense without much threat of a passing game? Because I feel like when teams have been able to make Clemson very one-dimensional or on those days that the passing game is just totally out of sync, their offense has not really shown the ability to run the ball – with a lot of consistency and effectively. And I think it helps this year with a guy like Cade Klubnik as the backup. It seems like they are more willing to just go straight run plays with DJU, read options, or even just QB keepers. And I think that helps. But I still don't know that we've seen it with a lot of consistency from them. And so that's the thing I think that is kind of a key factor. To answer Derek's question, yeah. I mean, I, I think if you're talking about a game that looks like – and visually, I'm just – I keep picturing the, that 2016 Clemson-Notre Dame game. Um, if you're getting rain and, and to some degree wind like that, I mean, you are really pushing it to try to throw the ball down the field, I think. You're really pushing your luck on what that's going to turn into. So, if you are passing it, it's short stuff, quick stuff, um, you know, get the ball out, go bubble screens and tunnel screens and those kinds of things. Um, you maybe try some toss-sweet plays, you know, something like that, trying to get the ball out to the perimeter as quick as possible. But um, it really would have been beneficial for this game to be played in, like, perfect weather conditions where NC State could throw the ball a little bit. I think that changes the dynamic of this game quite a bit. But the weather looks like it is going to play a significant factor. And it's it sucks that this is, like, the game of the year, I think, and the game that NC State has been looking forward to for nine months now. And – and preparing for and all this stuff. And now there's like this act of God basically that comes in and uh, changes the dynamic of the whole thing. And, and, you know, whatever game plan you thought you might go with a month ago, now it's like that might not work at all or you know certainly not nearly as well as we thought it would. So I'm with you. Give me NC State in the points. Give me the under. Um, I think this is a a close, uh, like I said, kind of a conservative game. I would expect even especially like the first half under – I think they're going to play this game kind of tight and conservative and I don't think this is going to be uh, there's going to be much margin at any point in this game. Mike I said in the preseason that I felt like NC State wins this game. I think that they go on and win the Atlantic Division. I think they win the conference. I'm sticking with my guns.
0: Mm, All right, sticking
1: with my guns. Give me NC State in the points and give me NC State outright. In this game, this is a veteran team that has been ready, like waiting and ready for this moment. And I think, I think they go under the lights in Death Valley in a, in a monsoon game, the whole thing. And I think they get it done. But like you said, no thanks on locking anything up in this game. Because at this point, I'm just saying things. I'm not really that confident either way in what's going to happen.
0: I'd be feeling a lot better about that pick if it was in, uh, if it was in Raleigh. I don't know about Death Valley
1: hmm Mm hmm. Producer Scott. Clemson has won thirty six straight home games. Passing that along. Last loss, the pit field goal by Chris Blewett in twenty sixteen. Did not. I believe blow. that also was like a Saturday night situation. Might have been an ABC game if I'm remembering right. But
0: that was an A B C game. Yep. I remember
1: that. Man, that was the first year of this podcast it was the last time that Clemson lost at home. How about that?
0: Man, I mean, they don't lose in Death Valley, man. I'm telling you, they do not. I think they do on
1: Saturday, though. Let's hmm. go pack it's one tough. pack, one goal. hashtag <laughs> All that. All right, can, NC State in the under.
0: <laughs> you can have that pick, sir.
1: All right, fair enough. Fair enough. NC State in the under for the both of us. Um, I will take NC State outright, but Clemson winning on Mike's board. Moving on. Uh, another game that might be weather-affected here, and we're not totally sure. We're kind of waiting to hear. It's shortly before at 3.30 on ABC, the number 22 Wake Forest Steeman Deeks heading to Tallahassee to take on the number 23 Florida State Seminoles, newly ranked Florida State. Look mm. at that. Go Knowles. Newly ranked uh, Florida State is a seven-point favorite in this game, and the total is 63.5. Mike, why is Florida State a seven-point favorite here?
0: Well, I think people. Does took this a, line like
1: spook you? Like it spooks me in a way?
0: It spooks me a little bit. I think people took a real hard look at that Wake Forest defense so last week, and they were like, mm, "Man, on you're going on the road with that defense and a really hot quarterback. You're playing against. Are you sure? Like, I I think that's why Florida State's a seven point favorite. I'm not sure. I agree with that though. Um, They're
1: taking a pretty hot quarterback of their own.
0: I, I, I mean he's agree. playing
1: well and he's also going to be on the bachelor here in 3 years.
0: Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> very true. Maybe maybe live in Tallahassee. he's a good-looking man. <laughs> I mean I mean Scott and I have I they should do a bachelor in, in Tallahassee. Yeah, <laughs> Scott Scott and I've been down there. It's been It's talented down there. <laughs> um
1: I'm just saying there's a bachelor in anyway. you know, Wake Forest Pipeline here, but you know, you say what you want here, Mike.
0: Well, I under I understand what you are saying. I am just saying maybe they should hold that contest in Tallahassee. Is all I am saying. <laughs> That's all I am saying. I understand what you are saying, Joey. Uh, I like Florida State to win this game. I think Wake Forest covers though. That's where I am at. I think Wake Forest drops two in a row. The seven points is a lot here. It feels mm-hmm. like a lot, but dude, I am telling you, I I made this. It, it was kind of half jokingly in this text thread we have with you, Scott, and myself. Like, at the beginning of the year, I was like, all right, I'm on it. Jordan Travis, ACC player of the year bandwagon. And I was, like, half-joking at the time. Now I'm kind of serious. I'm kind of serious. Like, he's been really, really good, right? I mean, he, even last week, he's he's hobbled a little bit. He's coming into the game. Nobody knows, like, how healthy he actually is. He put up great numbers. Uh, again, granted, it is Boston College, but he came in less than 100%, put up great numbers, looked really good. And I think that continues. Um, this is a game at home. Like Florida State needs a you know needs a signature win. You know LSU, neutral side. I mean yeah, that's a fine win. We'll see what LSU is going to be at the end of the year. But like beating a good Wake Forest team in the Atlantic Division at home, like Florida State mm-hmm. really needs one of these under Mike Norvell, right? They got the signature non-conference win. Now they need a signature ACC win at home against a ranked opponent. I think they get it here, but I think it's going to be a close game. Give me Wake Forest against the spread, total sixty three and a half. We gotta wait to see what the weather situation is. Um, You know, again, it's Wednesday night as we record this. Hurricane's making landfall now. It's missing Tallahassee. I don't think this is going to be weather affected on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I I think the the total being sixty three and a half is about right considering what these offenses have shown an ability to do. But to be honest with you, I think I trust Florida State's defense a little bit more than I trust Wake Forest's defense, so I like Florida State in a high-scoring affair. Give me the over 63-and-a-half here, but I like, Florida State, I like Florida State to win Wake Forest to cover here.
1: We agree again. Uh, I, I, I like Wake Forest here. I, I am wary of them. This is a, a pretty serious letdown spot, I think, in a way, after the way that last week's game unfolded. Um, you know, not only going into overtime, but it's a physical game against Clemson and, and you had a chance to break a number of lengthy, lengthy streaks that have been with your program for a long time. Um, to, to then have to pick yourself up, go on the road and play a rapidly improving Florida State team is not going to be easy. Um, it, it is a little bit of a veteran team in Wake Forest, so i, I I, I don't think that it'll be, like, a total mail-it-in performance. I think they're going to struggle a little bit maybe at times. And like you said, I mean, I am I am not convinced that Wake Forest defense is going to have answers for what Florida State is going to run out there on offense. Um, right. Especially, you know, guys like Johnny Majors and, and what he's doing. Like, if, if Jordan Travis can get going in the passing game, it, it's going to turn into a track meet. And so I, I very much like the over – Uh, I I like Wake Forest getting the points, though, because 7 does seem a lot for how well Wake has been playing and especially how well they've been scoring. Um, I'm still wary. You know, they did struggle to run the ball in the last two games. I just question, like, how much does that matter? Like, I think they're going to try to throw it, you know, 45, 50 times in this game. And I think they'll be able to run up the score a little bit and and stay in a game that even turns into a track meet.
0: I mean, this is – Underrated, like really, really good game this weekend. Really, mm-hmm. really good game, and um, you know, people are dying to say, you know, Florida State's this, Florida State's that, Florida State's back, right? I mean, people are dying, dying to hear that you got to win these games against quality yep. opponents, and you know, Norvell needs one at home, so mm-hmm. this is a, this is a big game for Florida State here.
1: I mean, looking at the crowd last weekend, I think if this. This game goes off as planned. I, I expect the crowd in Tallahassee to be very good, and, and yes, there will be some home field advantage there. Yeah, um, I will say that I did see a couple of comments today from Dave Clawson calling into question, like, should we, should we, should our team be traveling to Florida late this week? Like, not only like, are there people there for our hotel but like is there food there like is there just like basic amenities that we need as a team to travel and, and go play a game so I haven't seen anything indicating that something has changed that they're not going to play this game at three thirty on Saturday uh, anything like that but it does seem like it's on the table that <laughs> something could happen schedule wise here I don't know if, if just pushing it later into the day on Saturday or even playing it on Sunday might be uh, in the cards, like you said, I mean the hurricane will be gone by then, but what it leaves behind will not be fully resolved by a long of shot. Not. Right. So, right. yeah, just a question of uh, of you know what state is everything in, and how you know how are they able to cope, and are we able to actually play this game within reason, or uh, does it need to be rescheduled on some level, either you know by a few hours a day or a few weeks? Right. Uh, we were looking at it prior to coming on and recording, and we did notice that we're only about two to three weeks away from a a couple of weeks where almost the entire ACC is going to have a bye week in in mid to late October. So that's a possibility to reschedule this if absolutely necessary. But once again, we don't have any reason to think that it certainly will. There hasn't been any confirmation of that. So uh, let's just assume it's going to be played at 3.30 on ABC.
0: Yeah, at least not at the time of this recording. So.
1: All right, Wake and the over for the both of us. I think we both think Florida State wins in a close one, but Wake covers seven. Um, any locks there for you? I'm good. If anything, I lean towards the over. I mean, 63.5 is kind of a lot. I might, nah, no, no. I won't fall into this trap again of locking up stuff that I don't really feel all that strongly about.
0: It worked. I won't it worked do it well last. Don't, I was going to say, it worked well last week.
1: Don't tempt me with a good time. Yeah. All right, Wake and the over. Let's keep moving, Mike. Let's go to Chapel Hill at 3.30 on the ACC Network as your Virginia Tech Hokies on the road taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels. North Carolina, a nine-point home favorite. Total is 51.5. Um, this, this number is also kind of interesting to me, and I, I, I really kind of have no idea what to expect in this game. Once again, this is like the stoppable force meeting the movable movable object that we saw last week when Notre Dame came to town. I I mean, can Virginia Tech's offense move the ball on this North Carolina defense? Nobody knows. Maybe. Maybe not.
0: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) here's the thing here, right? Like, Notre Dame, their offense is not good, right? But... They got some athletes on on offense that Virginia Tech does not have. So, That's true. like when I'm evaluating these two games, like do I think Virginia Tech can move the ball in North Carolina? Sure, because I think anybody can move the ball in North Carolina. Um, Virginia Tech's been playing too undisciplined on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. Like, offensively, they too many procedural penalties, like dumb stuff, delayed game, illegal formation, just they look like a young offensive staff because that's what they are. Right. And just some questionable, some, some questionable play calls, some questionable decisions that they, that they've made and not getting plays in on time. And they just haven't looked prepared on offense. And yeah, you can say it's a question about players question about some of the guys on the staff. I mean, there, there's a lot there, but Carolina's defense has been horrible. I mean, they can't tackle anybody right now. They can't tackle. Mm-hmm. They're leaving guys open. They're busting coverages. I mean, I think Virginia Tech will score a little bit here. Will they score enough to beat North Carolina? Absolutely not. They will not. Um, give me Carolina here. That The spread being nine is a tricky one because it's one of those things where, like, do I think Virginia Tech can, can cover? Maybe. A backdoor cover is probably a little bit more likely here. I think Carolina can get out in front by a couple scores here and make life difficult on Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's not offense right now. It's built to play from behind. I think we can all agree there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, could could this game be weather-affected, though? Yes. And I I think Carolina obviously would love to just throw the ball a ton with Drake May. They've been having some success in the running game, but really when they've been... Kind of scoring with teams. It's been in the passing game. It's been Drake May kind of spreading the ball out all over the field. I don't think he's going to be able to do that as much in this game because of the weather. And because I, I do think Virginia Tech's defense has been playing pretty well. So this is nine points. It feels like a lot, but like you're asking me to trust a Virginia Tech offense to keep up right now. And I'm just not sure. I'm not sure I can do that. Joey, even with a good mm-hmm. defense on the, even with Virginia Tech's defense being good on the other side, I just think this could be very much like the, like the West Virginia game. I think Carolina's got better athletes than West Virginia on offense, and I could see this game being very similar. Where like Virginia Tech finds themselves in the game, and then Carolina pulls away late. So North mm-hmm. Carolina is my North Carolina is my pick here. Um, I think Carolina wins. I think they cover. I think they win this game by like two right. scores. Um, I'm not sure if Virginia Tech's gonna have a very fun time. I know the fans the fans are really into it. They're you know, fans love talking they, they love talking shit to Carolina, you know. But <laughs> I d I don't think I don't think this Virginia Tech team is, is built to hang with Carolina. I just I don't see it. I think Carolina wins by a couple scores. I think this is much like the twenty twenty game where Tech went on the road and I know it was weird, it was COVID, Tech had a bunch of guys out, but I think this is like you go on the road in Chapel Hill and you don't really have the guys to, to keep up. That That's kind of where I see this year. So, give me Carolina. A couple yeah. scores. I think I'm
1: with you. I, I compare this to, again, last week's game, like you said, against West Virginia. I mean, I think North Carolina's got a better offense. I, I think Virginia Tech will score some. But as much as I, I think we would all agree that Virginia Tech's defense is the better side of their team, I still don't know that they're that, that good. Like, they're not going to – They're not going to hold Carolina into the 20s. Like, if West Virginia is scoring, what was it, 31, 34 points in that game, like, yeah, Carolina is going to get into the 30s. And I really feel like even against this really questionable North Carolina defense, can Virginia Tech score more than, like, 21, 24 points? Probably asking a lot.
0: Um, I mean, I I don't think – I don't think Virginia Tech's going to be scoring 30 points at any point this season. Like, I don't think they're ever going to get Mm -hmm. into the 30s. I think they're they're not going to have a single game, in my opinion, where they get over 30 points. At least not as an offense.
1: Well, and this is a game, too, where I could definitely see... I mean, as, as much as North Carolina's defense has been really underwhelming, the talent level, at least on their defensive line, and looking at what they're going to go against this weekend against Virginia Tech's offensive line, like... That's a bit of a mismatch, and I think they might be in position to have a big, big day here. So I'm, yep. I'm with you. Um, North Carolina inside of 10 points. Give me the Tar Heels. Um, I le- I lean towards locking that up, but maybe not. Um, again, if I'm not strong in my convictions, we're not locking it this week, Mike. We've learned. We've learned from our mistakes.
0: I'm being very, very careful with spread picks this weekend. Um, and Joey, I, I will say this, like... I think this game goes over 51 and a half, uh, but I agree. again, weather affected, I will stay off of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking something maybe like 38, 24, something like that, um, is how North Carolina wins this game. But I'm with you, man. Like we're, we're in agreement on everything so far outside of who wins the Clemson NC state game. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know, that makes me nervous too, but I, I just think this is a game where Virginia Tech is going to have such a tough time keeping up. And their best chance, I guess, would be whether getting involved to where North Carolina's passing game can't be as useful and try to ugly it up and keep it to a low-scoring game would be your best chance if you're Virginia Tech.
0: I mean, an under game favors the Hokies for sure. Mm-hmm. Like yep. if this if this is staying under the total, Virginia Tech's probably kept this game close.
1: Yep, yep. Agreed. Carolina in the over for the both of us. Anything else before we move
0: on, Mike? Mm-hmm. I have a lot coming up here.
1: Same. At seven thirty p.m. on ESPN three, I believe this is the Jefferson Pilot Special of the week. Check your local listings. The Virginia Cavaliers on the road in Durham taking on the Duke Blue Devils. Duke is a three-point home favorite. Total is 49. Mike, I think we're probably still on the same page here, probably going to have the same lock. Go for it.
0: If the Duke Blue Devils. Lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, You lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. The spread I mean, is too small, right? It's, it's way too small. I mean, Duke only is a three-point favorite at home they're playing much much better football than uva is right now i mean duke lost a shootout against kansas last weekend everybody's gonna look at that oh my god if you haven't been paying attention this year kansas is a wagon on offense Mm -hmm. like they are a wagon and duke kept up Mm -hmm. like they were fine riley Leonard had another nice day uva has been really underwhelming like Mm -hmm. they've been they've been really underwhelming on both sides of the ball um they've looked like a bottom two or three team in the conference. Duke looks more like, uh, you know, we can talk about quality of opponent and that sort of thing, but Duke's looked much closer to, you know, a top half team in the con, you know, top half mm-hmm. of the conference and bottom half, bottom third, whatever. Yeah. I, I like Duke here. I think Duke's Duke's playing better. Do I think you do? I think UVA has a better roster. Yeah, probably, but Duke's been playing better. They're being coached better battle of two first year coaches. I think Elko's doing a better job than Elliot. They're at home. I, this is an easy pick for me. I like Duke.
1: I agree. I agree. I, I saw this line, and I, I was not surprised that Duke was favored. I was surprised at the number I saw. So, Mike,
0: double barrel. Let's go. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. That sound never gets old, does it? <laughs> Never Not for
1: well. us. I, I think no. for listeners, some of them cringe harder every time they hear it. But, you know, that's yeah. okay. They're still here. Um, double barrel locks went one and two last week. So, we continue the trend. We'll see how that goes this week. Um, yeah, I think Duke wins this game. I think Virginia's going to be able to move the ball on Duke. And I will say that it's it's pretty clear, as good as Kansas's offense is and has been this year, Duke's defense and that defensive performance in that game was the best thing they've seen so far. And, right. and I and that's part of what makes me feeling pretty good about where Duke is at at this moment is both sides of the ball. You know, They're moving the ball on offense. They're getting stops on defense. Like, they have been impressive on both ends, and, and I think that's a huge deal for them. So I think Duke can win this game by at least you know four, seven points, maybe even like double digits possibly. Virginia has been wholly unimpressive to me, even in a couple of the games that they've won. It's like they can move the ball, but they get really sloppy in the red zone. They have a couple of dumb turnovers. Br- Brandon Armstrong continues to have the requisite, like, uh, like unthinkable turnover at some point. Usually in early in the third quarter, every game. Um, I, I just don't trust that they're going to be able to keep up with Duke for a full four quarters. That Duke team is just well too well coached and, and playing too well right now. That Virginia is going to you know trip over their own shoelaces at some point, and Duke's going to win this game by a touchdown, maybe ten points. So give me the Blue Devils in the uh, raucous home atmosphere that is Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham.
0: I mean, they got fans showing up to football games. It tells you all you need to know.
1: That's right. That's right. Absolutely electric. Things are looking uh, good right now for Duke. It is. It is. But give me the over, like you said. Um, total only being 49 here. I think this gets a little bit higher scoring. Uh, okay. I, it is kind of relying on Syracuse, Syracuse, Virginia to actually get the ball in the end zone when they get into the red zone so we'll see about that but um i, I do feel better about duke winning this game by three plus than i do about the uh the total being at 49 yeah. and taking the over so
0: yeah i'm i'm on duke and the over so that's kind of where i'm at
1: duke in the over double barrel locks on duke let's go that's all i got anything anything else mike before we keep moving
0: I know everybody's talked about our spread picks and total picks being the same. Like we did not plan this.
1: No, no, we've not planned it. It's just
0: same approach to these games, I suppose. That's all you. Can we say. had the we we had the same total picks last week too.
1: We actually what we did was we sent the slate to producer Scott this week and asked him what he would pick, and we're both just going with those.
0: Yes. So so
1: he's the true brain trust behind this podcast.
0: <laughs> blame Scott. Hashtag blame Scott. Can we get that trending?
1: Hashtag Blame Scott. Hashtag Fade Joey. Hashtag Blame Scott. There you go. Yep. Mike, uh, this next preview is brought to you by Section103.com. It is the Internet's premier place for buying all sorts of wonderful, high-quality, great-looking Georgia Tech apparel. You can find T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. There's a little bit of a chill in the air, Mike, lately, where where you are, where I am, everywhere. You're going to need sweatshirts. You're going to need hoodies. They're going to look great if you get them from Section103.com. They have items with the official tech gold on them. They have all the official word marks. They've got that ATL logo that you've seen on the field and and on shirts and those kinds of things. Steven was the designer of that actually at section103.com. So go check them out. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Uh, They've got stickers. They've got things for men, women, and children. Something for the whole family. Um, I've got several Section 103 items, some of the performance wear, some of the just shirts that are just incredibly soft. They're all wonderful. So can't recommend them enough. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know. Get all of your Georgia Tech apparel at Section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. We really appreciate the partnership from Steven and the gang. Go check them out once again. Section103.com. Use promo code ACC. The one Mike? thing I'll
0: also say, Joey, real quick, yes, is that if, yes, you buy enough, if you buy enough memorabilia from Section103... I'm pretty sure Stephen wields enough power to hire the next football coach. I've heard, mm-hmm.
1: and I'm pretty sure Stephen is smart enough to not hire Deion Sanders. So I would hope. Let's so. make sure. Let's make sure we're making sure that Stephen is making that decision, please. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> not an ad read. Hashtag not an. <laughs> yeah,
1: not not an ad read. Not an ad read. Mike at eight o'clock on the ACC network from the world famous Ackershire Stadium.
0: Hmm. The ketchup bottle. The big ketchup bottle. Accurate ketchup.
1: My Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets on the road, taking on the number 24, Pitt Panthers. Pittsburgh, a 22-point home favorite. This opened at like 18. It is climbing. Yeah. It's climbing. Total is only 49. So we can start doing some math on what the implied score is here. It's like 36 to 13 or something like that. So, yeah, not great. Uh, this is obviously the debut of Georgia Tech interim head coach Brent Key he has said a couple things in press conferences and done a couple things this week that are already kind of making changes and putting his own fingerprints on the program
0: RIP to the above the line fake depth chart
1: as I said on Twitter with the ATL depth chart going away don't cry because it's over be happy because it happened and it's embarrassing and it's over now we don't have to think about it anymore. Yes. Ridiculous.
0: Uh, there's ATL that. baby. The <laughs> 404, of the culture.
1: Uh, sounds like there might be this new thing in the program called player accountability. Um, so that'll be exciting to see how that works. That doesn't, sound, that...
0: That doesn't sound right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Couldn't tell you how that works after the last three years. Um, I, so, I don't know. Going to be interesting to watch. I will say this. If Jeff Collins were still here, it would be hammer Pittsburgh in this game. And not only because I think the team is quitting on him a little bit. But also, just look at the way that this game has gone under Collins and just in the in the program that he has built. Pittsburgh is going to bring a very physical game to you. And I realize that this offense this year, we've talked a bit of a mess about them and how they've just, you know, they, they've kind of re, re, reverted back from what worked last year and have gone back to just run heavy, like conservative offensive play. The thing is, against Georgia Tech, that will work really well. Because if I, if I try to describe... Georgia Tech, really on both sides of the ball, under Jeff Collins, there, there's really only one word that I could think to describe it. And uh, let, let's spell it out for you here real quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude,
1: they're soft. They're soft. And that's something, you know, I think, I think given enough time under Brent Key, I think that's a bit of a cultural change that you can instill, perhaps. But I don't know how much you instill that in four days. So... Right. I think at this point I'm probably leaning just, just lamb with Pittsburgh. Like, I I just don't think that – you're going to learn a lot about this Georgia Tech team, I think, on Saturday and whether they can hang around in this game at all or if they just get totally run out of there by a, a Pittsburgh offense that's just generally not going to score a ton of points.
0: So you're anti-dead cat bounce, is what you're telling me?
1: I'm, I, I'm just not expecting it. I – I hope I hope there's one, and I hope that you know I can be excited and, and pleasantly surprised. But I just I, I don't think it's smart to ex- expect it with the way that this whole program has gone since Collins took over, really three years ago.
0: Brent Key, by the way, sneaky head coach candidate there at Georgia Tech. So just keep that in mind too. Here,
1: I'm not a hundred percent opposed to that at this very moment, mm-hmm. and okay. what we see over the next eight weeks will influence how I feel about it. Moving forward. So we'll right, keep, let's, keep tabs Let's
0: that. Mod, Yeah, I was going to say, let's let's monitor that, okay? Let's monitor mm-hmm. that. Definitely let's so, monitor it. And also, let's keep that in mind when we're making picks here because this is Brent Key's first audition here. It is. And I, I will say that, you know, if you can tackle Izzy Abanicanda and make Pittsburgh throw the ball, I mean, you might be able to keep yourself in the game.
1: And if you can, like, protect when you have to punt and – Look, if you know I'm, when to I'm, use timeouts.
0: You mentioned that Jeff Collins was leading that that special teams brigade. I'll call it a brigade, mm-hmm. and the, and the escapades, right, of the, of the punting game, not even the yeah. kicking game. The punting game It's just, you know, if the you punt can't...
1: unit was specifically coached by Jeff Collins himself, and that's all you and, need to know.
0: I think that specifically got him fired.
1: If it were, if I were the AD, I would have fired him for that. Yeah, that's all I need well, to
0: know. It's <laughs> funny you mentioned that because the AD got fired too. Okay, moving <laughs> on. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay him. I'm gonna lay him with Pitt, Joey. I'm gonna lay him with Pitt. I don't until further notice. We're fading Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna lay him. Um, let's let's go. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay him with the lay him with Pitt. Let's go over forty nine, and Georgia Tech scores a couple times to get there, and. Mm-hmm. I think this is, like, uh, let's call it, like, 35-17 or something like that. Hmm. Oh, that wouldn't, that, wouldn't cover, nah, that wouldn't cover. That wouldn't cover, I guess. That wouldn't cover, though. over. Uh, yeah, but it wouldn't, they, they wouldn't cover. Uh, let's call it 40-13. to 13.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to come up with a thing where Pittsburgh scores a reasonable amount of points and also covers and uh, it goes over. I mean, you're asking I... me to do...
0: You're asking me to do math at almost midnight <laughs> on a Wednesday when I've worked all day and have a three-month-old kid. So, that's mm-hmm. where we're at. Math's hard.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, it took me a second there to – anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I'm leaning with Pittsburgh. I think they just I, – I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. Georgia Tech this year so far is one and two against the spread, and that one cover was by four points on a 21-point spread last weekend. So – I think at this point I agree with you. Let's just fade Georgia Tech. Like, I, I think if you bet against Georgia Tech every week the rest of the season, you'll probably make money in the long run. It's going to cost you a couple points, but I think net wise you'll make money here. So, let's go Pittsburgh, and um, I'll take the under.
0: Okay, it tends to be a profitable endeavor to just bet against bad teams.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I found. I think Pittsburgh thirty-five to ten. Yeah, 3-5-10. Okay. That feels right.
0: Okay. How about? Yeah, that's good. That's fine. That'll work. I'll, I'll, I'll keep my. I'll keep my score I had before. We're good. <laughs> Moving Fair on. Enough.
1: All right. All right. Pit for both of us. Under for me. Over for Mike. Uh, last one that we have numbers for here, Mike, at mm-hmm. noon on the ACC network from Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. The Louisville Cardinals on the road taking on the Boston College Eagles. Louisville, a 15-and-a-half-point road favorite. Total is 51. Mike, give me Louisville.
0: Yeah, give me Louisville and lock it up, Joey. Oh. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Uh, is uh, not going to be able to contain Cunningham in this game. They're just not. And Boston College's offense is just an abject failure. So, mm-hmm. I just... We're fading BC. Give me Louisville. I think Louisville wins. Like I think Louisville wins this game by like seventeen. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be close, and it'll be close spread wise. But I don't think it's gonna be close from a like game flow perspective. I think Louisville cruises here. So
1: yep. I think Boston College is another team that I I don't like saying this. I think Boston College might be a little bit on quit watch here. Mm -hmm. I think there comes a point, especially where guys on the defense look over on the other side of the ball, and they see an offense that it's like a celebratory occasion if they don't go three and out. Right. And I think the defense, it, if if only subconsciously starts thinking like, okay, what's the point of all this? Like, why am I throwing myself in front of people and getting physical and, like, all this kind of stuff if the offense is going to go out there, just punt it, punt it back, and uh, I'm going to be right back out here. So – I, I, I worry thought. about that happening. I think this could turn into a little bit of a landside situation with Louisville in the second half.
0: I agree. I have a thought. Mm-hmm. We've, we've talked about this before on this podcast. I think there might be a chance that we overrated COVID year Jeff Halfley. It's possible. I think that, and we've made statements on this podcast, not as it pertains to Jeff Halfley specifically, but we've made statements on this podcast like, hey, COVID year it was a little weird. Nobody could really practice. So mm-hmm. basically the best teams in the country with all the talent rose to the top and everybody else can't really take much away from it. Right. We, we mentioned that. That's why like, that was like Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio state, like Georgia, like th- there were a lot of re- like the best of the best teams in the country that year were mm-hmm. really good. And everybody else was just kind of garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, Clemson had a good year in the COVID year as well. Made had to the playoff. Um <clears throat> I think we may have overrated the Jeff Halfley COVID year in year one because last year I understand Phil Dracovic got hurt, but Phil Dracovic's back now and you didn't really recruit anybody on the offensive line and now you're kind of having trouble protecting him and he looks pretty average back there. Mm-hmm. So he actually looks below average back there if you look at the stats. So, yeah, um, and I, that's less of a Dracovic problem and more of a talent around him problem outside of Zay Flowers. So want to keep that in mind too, but we may have overrated the Jeff Halfley COVID year, and I'm interested to see how that plays out here the rest of this year and into next year. That's all I'll say about that.
1: Yeah. I, I've been having some of the same thoughts, at least over the last week or so. Um, I think it was an email from Kevin Carpenter that kind of prompted this, but I, I, I realized that, you know, we've been kind of making excuses for Jeff Halfley, at least, you know, last year it was like, well, your really good quarterback got hurt, and your your backup is the guy that Dennis Mike Grussell. will never forget the performance that he saw. Dennis Death yeah, right. Yeah, the
0: <laughs> worst worst co- collegiate quarterback play I've ever witnessed. Yes, <laughs> like in and, person, that was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and God, so,
1: man. okay, well, you know that you can't really do so much about that. So, okay, we'll give him a pass for that. And then this year it's like okay you got Drakovic back healthy well your like your entire offensive li- offensive line got you know drafted they're gone they graduated you had to replace them But when this is year 3 for Halfley, and you have just a massive black hole of a unit like that like your offensive line that just can't do anything Maybe that's not just a stroke of bad luck. Like maybe you need to be developing your guys a little bit better to account for that. You know, you you knew that was coming up. Those first two years that you've been here, you've had a little bit of time to recruit. You know, bring guys in in the transfer portal, do something to kind of account for that and bridge that gap at the very. You knew least. this
0: was coming. You knew this was coming.
1: So I do feel like we've probably been a little, um, a little bit making excuses for him that we probably shouldn't be um, given kind of where he is in his tenure and what type of issue he's having. This is not an injury thing. This is just a, you're not developing this unit, you know, to replace the guys that were already there kind of situation.
0: I I mean, you can't forecast an all ACC type lineman and Christian Mahogany getting hurt, but you can forecast everybody else around him being like freshmen and sophomores. So
1: exactly. And, and I will say to that point, the youth here, is a thing where you you can kind of better understand them not being all that good in September. Right. We need to be having less of this conversation of the offensive line being useless in right. November.
0: If if they start playing better later in the year, then you feel a little bit better about BC's offense heading into next season. You won't have Zay Flowers anymore. You probably probably will not have Dracovic anymore. So Mm-hmm. but as far as the offensive line is concerned, like there will be pieces coming back there that you'll feel better about. Now it's replacing, Oh, I don't know the most important position <laughs> in the sport, mm-hmm. but yeah, still, I mean, to your point, it, it, they're going to have to be playing better mm-hmm. up front in November and just show some improvement there. Cause it's been like bottom five in the power five bad on mm-hmm. offense. So yeah. just improve a little bit.
1: Well, and we've talked about too. I mean that, that is the one glaring weakness of your entire team. The defense isn't bad. No. Your quarterback is I think has the potential to be quite good, you know, one of the three or four best in the ACC. You've got good skill talent around him. It is purely that your team can't function if your offensive line is as bad as it's been and you can't stay on the field, you can't extend drives, you can't score points, like all that, the whole thing falls apart. So
0: D- Boston Co- Boston College's offense is a lot like Virginia Tech's right now. It the, is. These are two. These are two very, very similar teams right now. the, the mm-hmm. difference is that Virginia Tech's defense is better than Boston College's defense, and that's why the game turned out the way that it did a few weeks ago. But these mm-hmm. are two very similar teams right now. The problem for Jeff Halfley is that Brent Pry is like four games in. Mm-hmm. Halfley's three years in. Right? They're two and a half anyway. Right. So I mean that that's that's the difference right now.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, I'll take the over in this game. By the way, fifty-one. Sure. I think Louisville probably gets most of that by themselves. Um, and um, I'll also take Louisville and, Mike, you know what? I'll just, you know, I'll just go ahead and join you on this train. You better lock it up.
0: You better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Double barrel locks. Again. And, and, and those haven't gone well for us.
1: No. One no, week sample size.
0: It's, it was a one week sample size with the double barrel locks, but still.
1: That's true, that's true. Let's go back to week three. We both had under sixty four in Olmis Georgia Tech and that mm-hmm. hit if memory serves yeah that was forty two to nothing of course it hit um <laughs> and then we the week before we both had under fifty nine in duke Northwestern that okay. also hit on a miracle under situation okay
0: so this is a this is a multi week sample size none of us doing double barrel locks
1: yeah so we're we're doing okay we're doing okay, okay. I think it's actually uh are we three and three over those last three weeks? That's not bad. We're hey, gonna man, go one and one this week, is what math says.
0: Just got, just got to win like fifty two percent of your bets.
1: <laughs> Problem is, we're only winning fifty, so uh, yeah. <laughs> we're still losing money.
0: Up it slightly. Up it slightly.
1: That's right. Um, over or under fifty one for you, Mike.
0: I'm gonna go over thirty seven seventeen BC. Sorry, Louisville. Good. Dear God, not BC. Thirty seven seventeen Louisville.
1: We have previewed five ga- or six games. You have taken five overs. Pointsy. I like of it. Of course.
0: That's exactly what will happen this weekend, too. I'll bet <laughs> all those, and all of them will hit.
1: There you go. That's the spirit. Last one, 5 o'clock, the, the classic 5 o'clock TV spot on uh, the ACC Network Extra and ESPN+. Plus. Once again, check your local listings or TV packages or get someone else's password. Uh, the Syracuse Orange at Nobody would home. would ever do that. <laughs> who could who could imagine taking on the Wagner Seahawks? That's a new one. I didn't know that that was their uh, their mascot. Didn't know much about Wagner anyways, but uh Wagner previously got beat by Rutgers 66 to 7. So, I don't have high hopes as they go into nope. the Carrier Dome as it were,
0: I'm Louisville by 100. I mean, are we going to be 98 nothing Stephen F Austin situation. Here? <laughs>
1: Dino having some, uh, some mercy at the end of the game, just yeah. kneeling out the extra point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Could have gone for two and gotten it. Um,
1: Every man's got to have a code, Mike.
0: Is Syracuse the worst 4-0 team in the country?
1: Ooh, this is a good question. Let me look real quick. Um, I don't... I struggle to say that or to call them that because I don't know that Syracuse is bad. They're distinctly That defense has played really well.
0: Okay. And now look at the opponents. Sure. Outside of logo. They are one
1: of four 4-0 four no co- uh, teams in the ACC. Clemson, Florida State, NC State, all better. Uh, Kansas 4-0, I'll take them, they're, they're better. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Sure. Better than Syracuse, Minnesota, same thing. I, That's this, the thing is like pretty much all these teams are ranked. These this so, test case,
0: this test case is going very well for me. Continue.
1: USC, UCLA, and Washington. Uh, yeah. Ooh. yeah.
0: We can have a discussion about UCLA. I don't Keep think going.
1: Syracuse is better than UCLA, but yeah, we probably. Sure? Um, I don't know. Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee. Mm. Um, Kentucky is seventh nationally, by the way. Sneaky, not that good.
0: Or, yeah, well, we can have a discussion about Will Levis later. I'm not sure mm-hmm. he's very good. If Syracuse but. and
1: Kentucky played in a neutral field right now, I'm pretty sure Kentucky would win. I'm not positive that Kentucky would win. Oh,
0: Kentucky would win that game by multiple scores. Perhaps. I, uh, do, you, Kentucky... do you think Mark Stoops
1: has figured out Syracuse's offense yet?
0: <laughs> has Has Dino Babers figured out Syracuse's offense yet?
1: <laughs> mm, working on it. Alabama, better than Syracuse. Coastal Carolina? I'll take mm. Syracuse against Coastal Carolina. I'll do it. Feeling dangerous.
0: Hmm the Grayson McCall, Garrett Schrader head-to-head is one we didn't think we needed.
1: <laughs> That's also the last 4-0 team, so I figured I had to take Syracuse before we ran out. So, we'll do Oh,
0: that. well, I'm going to stick with Syracuse being the worst 4-0 team anyway.
1: I'll stick with them being the second worst 4-0 team. Okay. Love you,
0: Orange. Love you, Orange. Um, <laughs> I like Syracuse's defense a lot more than I like their offense. I will say that. Like, Agreed. Sean Tucker... Sean Tucker can. Look at his rushing stats. Everybody talks about how great Sean Tucker is. He's having trouble running behind that offensive line this year. Mm-hmm. And they can't finish drives in the red zone at all either. Like, mm-hmm. you, you think back to last week against UVA. I mean, they had one touchdown on that opening drive, Joey, that you and I talked about. Then they kicked five field goals, which, yeah. I mean, got them to win. But if UVA doesn't send three wide right, I mean, they probably get away with one. So, Syracuse is kind of living on the edge. They're fine. They're that fine. That game was
1: was just wild and stupid, and, and there were they were dumb. such a mess. But it was very anyways. dumb. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, Syracuse by like a million against yeah. Wagner. S-
0: Syracuse like seventy to five or something.
1: If you find a spread inside of fifty 40. points,
0: okay, yeah. fifty. Okay, well, I was gonna say forty, but is good. I'll, <laughs> I'll lay him. I'll lay him. As a forty-five point favorite, I'd play I'd it and win Syracuse.
1: Yeah, just becomes a question, yeah, of like showing mercy. Which, hey, show no mercy, Dino.
0: Syracuse has think? a couple, a couple of big games coming up here. By the way,
1: they do. I trust. I'm going to go look at uh, their schedule and make sure that you're not messing with. Is me. it
0: Wake, Florida State, Clemson in some order? If I'm not mistaken,
1: I have. Closed out of a lot of my tabs as we're about to wrap up here, so give me two seconds. They, coming up, the Syracuse Orange is who I mean by they, have NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Florida State, Wake Forest as their next six games after this one. So, yeah, no rest for the weary at that point. I
0: was going to say, how many of those are they going to win?
1: Well, the funny thing is if you look at it right now, NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, Florida State and Wake Forest. There's only one of those teams that's not ranked, and it's Notre Dame.
0: <laughs> ironically, ironically, yeah. And Notre Dame, Notre Dame could be ranked by the time they, uh, if this offense is they more than just a, is more than just a UNC show, they might be ranked. Oh no.
1: they're not that good. They're talented. They're not that good. Yeah, is my we, is my official opinion and statement right now?
0: I cannot disagree with you.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Mike, that's all I got on week five. Anything else before we uh, recap some locks and work on getting out of here?
0: This Bowling Green play this weekend. Oh
1: damn! I knew I was forgetting something.
0: Cool. Oh, low key, real quick. Like Scott Leffler could have died last week. So
1: uh, yeah.
0: Um, we mentioned this on the uh, on the recap. We we're like, first of all, hope Scott Leffler's okay. We had no idea what was wrong with him. He had like multiple pulmonary embolisms that like mm-hmm. didn't. Fully block him up like they could have, and he got that resolved. But if he didn't, like it, the doctors are saying, he was within 24 hours of having like a massive event that could have killed him potentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm glad he's doing better and back coaching. That's yes, first and foremost. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be picking Bowling Green this week. I just want to make that make that clear too. You're saying Maybe you I do. don't
1: want to lay nine and a half with Bowling Green? Who are they on they Road. Against who? Akron.
0: (laughs) I actually might take Bowling Green there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Akron's pretty bad.
0: Like I said, thank you, Scott. I do not trust the Zips. (laughs) Scott's in my ear asking if I trust the Zips. No, I do not. Um,
1: I'm just 100% not laying almost double digits with Bowling Green on the road against literally anyone.
0: They beat Marshall. I guess like
1: high school teams they could play that I'd be like, "Uh uh-uh, not laying 10 with Bowling Green.
0: They beat Marshall, though. And like, yeah. three overtimes
1: or whatever it was. And then they lost by 31 at Mississippi State. Like, they just went right back to being what they are. They got leeched. They did. Well, yeah, careful, but they did get leeched. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. Uh, oh, yeah, on, not on laying them p- with Bowling <laughs> Green. I'm just, pass. <laughs> pass on Bowling Green, Akron. Bowling Green favored by nine and a half on the road. <laughs>
0: Yeah, put put her on the pop list.
1: I will I will do that. Yes. I will do that. Uh, Mike, locks for this week. You and I both have Duke minus three at home against Virginia. We both have Louisville minus 15 and a half on the road at Boston College. Those are our two locks. They're both double barrel locks. Uh, anything else you want to lock up before we get out of here?
0: No. No, I'm going to lock up me going to bed, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, a lot of weird lines and totals and weather situations and matchups and, and all that stuff so not a heavy locks week around these parts but we got the two uh, two games and the two spots that we're invested in so uh you choose do you want to join us or fade us kind and of a choose your own adventure and uh, I was sometimes say, kind it, of, it works
0: kind of depends on the week
1: yeah exactly exactly uh, all right, Mike. Let's work on getting out of here. Uh, let's go watch these games. We're going to come back and recap them. We we keep trying to come back and do the Saturday night thing. Uh, we you know, we'll try to do that. We probably won't. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter while you're watching these games. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SI. Together we're at BC Podcast ACC you can send us an email with your questions, your comments, your concerns to the longest email address, no demand, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. We got we got a bunch of emails this week. Um, a bunch. Shout, out, Thank shout you. out to you guys. Yeah, um, for sure. We mentioned Derek Taylor. We mentioned Kevin Carpenter. I think Keith Derek sent us at least one, if not two, about the whole Jeff Collins, Todd Stansberry situation at Georgia Tech. So, Appreciate that. Keep the, uh, keep the correspondence coming. Either we'll try to address them on these shows or respond to you in email form. So uh, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on all sorts of places you can go find podcasts anywhere you want to go find them. Um, uh, Producer Scott, what is that YouTube URL link that people are supposed to go find on uh, go find our podcast for? Just search for Basketball Conference on YouTube. We're uh, we're you know we're working on getting a dedicated URL, but I think we have to have some subscribers. So go hit the subscribe button, and then we'll have a dedicated URL we can tell you on YouTube.
0: I will say I was looking at the um, I was looking at the video feed of your solo show, Joey, and I realized mm-hmm. that we have more subscribers on there than I thought we did. <laughs> which That's is the still not of many. Having
1: a, a random channel for like five years that people eventually will find and just hit the subscribe button, and it's That's uh, right. it's great. Uh, but, yeah, we are starting to post these on, on YouTube. So, if you wanted to listen to us in that fashion, we've got some some great graphics and such that producer Scott is helping us with. So, go check us out there. Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias?
0: Facebook. Facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find most of our podcasts there.
1: Yes, please do. Please do. Uh, we're on Instagram. Do it for the gram at BC Podcast ACC.
0: Do it for the gram. Go. Bitches go love check the gram. Us
1: out <laughs> Mike, that's all I got. Anything else on week five before we get out of here?
0: Nah, man. Pumped to go watch these games. Big week.
1: Pumped to watch these games. Pumped to get some sleep. Not in that order.
0: Correct. <laughs> sleep first.
1: <laughs> all right. Mike, enjoy the games. We'll talk soon. And uh, and that that's all. Okay. <laughs> God. We both need sleep. All right. Yes. For that guy, Mr. Mike McDaniel, and for producer Scott, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon, and until next time, go ACC.